you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, December 26th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Those are the voices of today's special guests, all somewhat modulated by the fact that this is a Zoom call. So forgive us, listener, for theoretically audio that is subpar compared to normal. Voice number one was number one, the number one overall pick of the Houston Texans franchise. He is a Super Bowl champ, and yes, his brother plays in the AFC West, but in spite of his best efforts, nothing he could have done in the way of sabotage or subterfuge could have come even close to what actually went down in Denver. We'll discuss that in a moment. Welcome back, David Carr. Thank you very much. Uh, very reserved. Thank you, listener. I don't know what we're in for on the David Carr tip, but we'll see here right. in a moment. Voice number two is, like me, a disappointed NFC East fan today. But unlike uh, me, he's disappointed because his Giants, unlike my commanders, had every reason to believe they were actually good enough to get a win in their game. He's the co-host of both NFL Total Access and the NFL Explained podcast. He's the sweet potato kid. He's Mike Yam. Welcome back, Michael. Uh, pumped to be here. I, I hope Santa was good to everyone. I like there the is no Santa. I am your host, oh. NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And on today's episode, three questions. What did we learn on Saturday? What did we learn on Sunday? And how does what we learned inform what will happen in the final two weeks of this anything but regular NFL season. Boys, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Hell, yeah. First game on the brain in Dallas. Final score, Cowboys 40, Eagles 34. Minshew back, four-man rush. Here they come. He heaves it. Back into the end zone. The ball's on the ground incomplete. The Cowboys are going to take it over with 14 seconds left. Okay, guys, Gardner Minshew, the man with the stash, was, was serviceable, I think we can say. Dak Prescott was 
good in a timely fashion, good when he needed to be. A pretty even game stats-wise. Both teams had 25 first downs, uh, very similar yardage, total yardage numbers. Cowboys had the edge in time of possession. That may be significant in the end. The one glaring difference, the Cowboys allowed six sacks of Dak Prescott. The Eagles allowed exactly zero sacks of Gardner Minshew. Question, David, why are we talking today as if the Cowboys lost this game when in fact they toppled the NFC top seed who lost for only the second time this season? Can you help me? Are we just stuck in a critical gear when in fact we should be praising this team for getting a rather defining win, we may look back and say it was from behind, no less. Yeah, it's got an asterisk on it, though. It was without the MVP of the league. Jalen Hurts is the is the MVP of the league. I know the two guys that you're talking to today on this podcast believe that. So I think that that is what they're going to deal with until they show us something different in the playoffs. I, I still think when you look at the Cowboys, you continue to see the same things. You know, sometimes they win the game, sometimes they lose the game, but the deficiencies are still there. And when you talk about what they are talking about is not just reaching the playoffs because they've done that. They've been there. They've had a home game in the first round and they got bounced by a more physical football team who San Francisco 49ers look like the same team they have been the last couple of years. So stylistically, I don't see a path to the Super Bowl for the Dallas Cowboys playing the way that they have decided that they're going to play football. We've talked about it like all year. It's, it's the little things, it's details, it's turnovers. It's, it's on the defensive side of the ball. Let's just stick with that. Trayvon Diggs, he is air quotes here. Okay, I can use him now. You got video. He's one of the best corners in the league, but you don't see him treated that way because if I was facing one of the best corners in the league, you just avoid him or you find ways to throw away from him. Teams are attacking him. They're going at him multiple times a game. He's a target. And then you have young guys in the secondary who Micah Parsons is already concerned about. And you hear those comments start to come out from the defensive front. So that tells you there's a disconnect on the defensive side. So now face not Gardner Minshew. You know, and or or a team that can really press you um, from an offensive standpoint in the passing game, and I think you're going to have some issues. So then you're you're relegated to well, can Dak score 40 points every game in the playoffs? I don't think that that's possible without the turnovers that it creates. And that's how they've played all year. So I mean, he's I'll give Dak credit. He's definitely a a, a quarterback that doesn't shy away from the moment. I I love his um, his aggressiveness, even in the fourth quarter. He tends to be able to make plays. It's not like the moment's too big for him. I just I think sometimes when you watch them play, there's not there's not really any concern for managing a football game and really finding a way and having uh, a set way to win game. Like you watch some of these teams, they have a set way they're going to win. Like you know when you play the Giants, for instance, like they're going to be a playoff team. You play the Giants, you're going to play in the teens or the twenties. That's where the game's going to be played. They're going to dictate that by their defensive front and how they approach the game. With the Cowboys, you don't know, man. It could be 14-7. It could be 45-43. to You just have no idea what to expect. It's got to be maddening. Michael Yam, I find David's word choice very interesting here and potentially defining. He said, every team has a character. Well, let's put it this way. The best teams, the teams that either thrive or, or, or fail spectacularly, have a character. And what David is suggesting is a character flaw in the words that he chose, that he said, it's hard to believe a Dallas Cowboys team that has chosen to play, has decided to play this way as if 
this is a choice. I find that very interesting, David. Dak Prescott's numbers 27 for 35, 347 yards, three touchdowns. He did have that one pick. They did not run the ball with the same degree of success as we have seen in weeks past, but they committed to the run. Uh, let's see, 22-31 rushing attempts. So what does David mean, if you could interpret for me, Mike, by Dallas choosing to play this way. They have chosen to continue to be balanced by this, at least the stat sheet suggests that, 36 attempts through the air, 31 attempts on the ground. What am I missing that David is saying? So I think from a team identity standpoint, I think David makes a a strong case. In fact, we were doing this pod, the three of us, maybe it was two weeks ago, something along those lines. And David, you said something and I did a double take to you, Andrew, and I'm glad you followed up on it because I had never heard it described this way about having a game plan every single drive. Like, what are you trying to execute here? And I think the more I've watched Dallas since David made that point and this offense, it's becoming abundantly clear. Like I'm actually now starting to see some of the things knowing what to look for that David's describing in terms of, um, you know, just the reliance on Dak and, and sometimes kind of freelancing here. And it's just, kind of, it, it doesn't always make sense. And I think what's really interesting from this standpoint, if you've been watching Total Access, this goes back a few weeks here. I wasn't necessarily the guy that was on the train of, hey, we got to watch out, you know, for Dak and these interceptions. And now all of a sudden, like, they're piling up here more and more. I think he's one off the pace of his career high. That's a little surprising here. And for as much, Andrew, and you brought this up in our production meeting earlier this morning, you said, hey, you know, Dallas did win this game. I'm with you there, but I think if you look at some of these numbers on the defensive side, I got some of my notes up here, points allowed, weeks one through 12 for Dallas, they were giving up 17 points per game. You know, the last couple weeks here, weeks 13 through 16, it's 29 points per game. You know, it just, that's jaw dropping to me. They go from four sacks a game through weeks one through 12 to now just one. And you mentioned it, you know, earlier, they didn't, they didn't sack Gardner Minshew here. Now they had the four takeaways, but I think there's, there's legit cause for concern if winning a Super Bowl or getting to that game is what the end game is for the Dallas Cowboys. David, I, I, I really should ask you uh, to follow up on what you said instead of asking Mike to interpret. That's a little unfair of me. So I, I do want to ask you, when you talk about a Cowboys team that has decided to play this way, are you referencing exactly what Mike Yam just broke down for us? Because those numbers, the difference in terms of points allowed, that is staggering. And you mentioned that Micah Parsons is in fact concerned. And we know that based on comments that he made to our own friend and analyst, Brian Baldinger, who will talk to us about this tonight on the broadcast. Micah and Brian were texting back and forth last night and today, and Micah did in fact say he is worried. He's worried about the the youth, the young guys, I think he said, on that secondary, which is very pointed, very specific. David, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, because your best players are going are gonna to dictate what the rest of these guys do on a daily basis. And so when I look at the Cowboys secondary, I don't see anyone that scares me. Trayvon Diggs might be one of the best corners in the league, but he's just a very aggressive wide receiver playing corner. That's what he is. Like he played receiver at Alabama. He transferred over, played corner and he has great ball skills, but he's not a great corner, you know? And so the rest of these guys are watching him get these accolades for doing what he does, be an aggressive ball hawk. And they're trying to do the same thing. And there's no, there's no sound defense on the back end. It's just a bunch of guys trying to make a highlight play. And it's the same thing on offense. It's a bunch of guys trying to make splash plays. And they're celebrated for it. It's our fault, too. You know, we all do this. 
we celebrate these guys when they drop 40, half those points are off turnovers. Yeah. You know, they just happen to get them. But that's not going to be the case when you play a – if you put Jalen Hurts in the game, that game's not – that's not the same game, right? No sacks on Jalen Hurts. I mean, the turnovers aren't going to happen. They're going to continue to run the ball, and they're going to get bounced in the playoffs. So that's that's what I look at because I know that the Cowboys don't believe that just making the playoffs is good enough. That's why I think we come at it, and it almost feels unfair because, yes, they did win the game, right? And if it was a team that was just struggling to try and find a way into the playoffs, then, man, that's a great win, right? Gardner Minshew, he's, he hasn't played in a year, but it's a good football team, right? So you beat them, great. But that's not really what we're talking about with the Cowboys because everybody knows – what we're talking about with the Cowboys is getting Jerry Jones another Super Bowl, you know, and, and this right now, this way, the way they're playing football is too loose. It's too loose. It's too aggressive. It's not sound. Uh, everything Michael Parsons is saying to Baldy is absolutely right. He gets it. He knows, look, just rush four, play sound defense on the back end, tackle the ball in front of you. Don't give up big plays and we'll be fine. And he, that's what he's, that's, that's the interpretation that I'm getting from Michael Parsons. What he's saying to Baldy. Now offense is the same thing. You got big splash plays. That's great. You got the one turnover. It's fine. But, there's just not really any rhyme or reason when I watch the play calls. You know, there's there's not the runs are just kind of ran to just spread it out again and let's throw the ball around. You know, there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no uh, consistency or setup. You know, in the process, no the game management thing is still something that I think is going to be an issue. You know, um, it has been a little bit this year. I think it's going to be highlighted just like everything is in the playoffs. Did Jalen Hurts prove that he is in fact the MVP in his absence? Yes, I, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, you're talking, to, again, two guys that, that believe he is the MVP. And I think that what he's done this year, he, it's been really cool to watch his progression just quickly is like he came in the league and he was he was a runner first, really. And he was learning, you know, what this offense was. He was learning how to make plays in the passing game. And the best part about Jalen, and I've always said this, is his he just doesn't panic. He never does. In the pocket, he'll slide up and move because he has the belief and and, you know, rightfully so, that he can run with any running back. And he can make a play. And so he never has to force the issue in the passing game. And then he's slowly and methodically gotten better as a passer. They add A.J. Brown. They have this, this plethora of wide receivers on the outside. And, and they, they don't give up sacks against Micah Parsons and the Cowboys. I mean, it's like when he gets back in there, I just I haven't been able to find a hole in this team for a while. And and Jalen is the reason because he just he brings a calming influence. We talk about his leadership ability and those qualities that he has that he possesses. That stuff kind of carries through both sides of the football, permeates throughout the entire building. I think he's MVP for sure. Translation, I think what David is saying, Michael, and I think you'll agree with me, what he is saying is that Gardner Minshew is no Nick Foles. <laughs> Next for the Eagles, a date at home, back at home in Philly, potentially a get-right game against the Saints. That's Sunday morning, New Year's Day. Next up for the Cowboys, a short week. Maybe a short week is a good thing for the Cowboys this week. Get Micah and those boys back on the field they play Thursday night against a reeling Tennessee Titans team. We may not learn very much on Thursday because the Titans could lose 100 to nothing to this Cowboys team, and it will not matter at all. The only game that matters for the Titans is the Week 18, the final contest of the regular season against the Jags. The winner of that game wins the AFC South and gets themselves a home playoff date in the wild card round. All eyes on that one, for sure. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. Next game, Bucks 19, Cards 16. A kick here for my suck up. Is it good? It's good. It's, 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 it's good. And the Bucks beat the Arizona Cardinals in overtime. This was a game that featured the team that could well face the Cowboys, nay, host the Cowboys in the wild card round of the playoffs. Mike Yam, I start with you. Am I allowed to doubt? A Tom Brady-led team that continues to give the ball away, but somehow, almost inexplicably, continues to keep the rest of the NFC South at bay, at Tampa Bay. Am I allowed to doubt them? Because I want to. Hell yeah, you're allowed to doubt them. Uh, Last night, at Christmas night, David and I are watching this game together, getting ready to to do the show. And I had said to him off air, sort of half joking. And then I made it a serious question. My half joke question to him was, do I trust Sam Darnold more than I trust Tom Brady? Which obviously the answer is no. But I expanded the question more seriously to say, do I trust Carolina's offense more than I trust Tampa Bay's offense? And I still think the answer is yes. David, I thought, did a remarkable job last night on the show to pinpoint some of the issues that Brady is having. And I think, you know, and David, I don't want to speak for you here, but I I think what I took away from the conversation was it's almost as if Tom Brady's experience at times is working against him in some of these games. Like he's able to see things that are happening, but you know, it's easy to say he's compensating for issues on the field, but you know, David, once again, you you played the position, you know it better than anyone. I I just can't get over some of the throws that we're seeing from Brady and some of these misses. And you think there's more to it than just, just offensive line play. There's a lot of stuff in between his ears that just is different than what he's had to experience all season. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you can go, you can go and put it in, in the context of your job. If you have a well-written script and the show's dialed in and you've done it a hundred times, you know what to expect. You're with the same writer, same producers, 
boom, you got it, right? And then throw you into a show that's not well-written, that there's some bumps and hurdles, some graphics aren't right, all, whatever it is, that's going to affect how you perform, right? So it's the same thing in any other job. It's the same thing for Tom Brady. Tom Brady's been in a situation in New England, um, even in Tampa Bay in, in recent years, where things have been the way he wanted them, and they had success. And now they aren't there, right? And he knows all of the deficiencies that are surrounding him. It is impossible as a quarterback to ignore those things. And it's going to affect late throws to the left, you know, with kind of ghost pressure that makes you throw the ball late and inside turns into an interception. It's going to affect a lot of things. The ball is going to come out of your hand faster because you expect if you hold it longer than three seconds, your offensive line is going to hold. And because they have, that's, that's what's happened. There's a lot of things that he's trying to compensate for and find a way through this thing. And we, we even said last night, because it went into overtime, we're sitting there Christmas night, we're in our pajamas, <laughs> hanging out by the fire. And it's like, the longer the game goes, he's going to figure you out, right? And we saw him do the fake screen to Leonard Fournette. He hits the big throw to Gage down the sideline. And eventually they kick a game-winning field goal. And you saw Kingsbury on the sideline. Like, yeah, yeah, I knew that was going to happen eventually. And I think that that's kind of where we're at with the Bucks. Sure. That's why teams don't want to play him. Because if you put him in a playoff game, and the game goes into the fourth quarter and you let him get into his no huddle and you let him get up to the line and dissect what defensive structure you're in and get the ball to his back. So it's one of those drives. It was all running backs and one tight end on a, on a touchdown drive. I think he's going to eventually figure out. So that's why that's why no one wants to play and no one wants to face this team. But it's, they're not a scary team. It's just this. This is something you got to go in and you got to be dialed in. Otherwise, he's going to make you he's going to make you uh, wish you didn't play them in the first round of the playoffs. But. But I, I just don't know. It's not going to get better. Like we talked about this in the middle of the year on total access. And if Brady could have fixed it, he'd already fixed it. Right. So what they have working against them right now is not going to be fixed. It's just going to have to be worked through. And you got the best guy of all time doing it. So you got a fighter's chance. I think you do have a fighter's chance. And I find it very interesting what you just said, David, because I think you're absolutely right. I don't think anybody wants to face the Bucks, but we can be more specific. We are going to be talking very, very likely 85 plus percent chance that we are talking about Bucks versus Cowboys in Tampa Bay in the wild card round. Now let's take what you guys have just said about the backside, the secondary of that Dallas defense that is suddenly porous, very gettable. And then let's look at a Bucks team that you're right, Dave, they haven't fixed it, but you know what they've done? Listen to how you described that last drive. It was all running backs and tight ends, you said. Yeah. Well, what does that remind you of? Tom Brady in a red, white, and blue uniform winning six Super That's Bowls right. in Foxborough for the Patriots, where you didn't know who was going to beat you. It could be a second running back. It could be a fullback. It could be a second tight end. It could be a third wide receiver. His leading rusher on the day, no surprise, was playoff Lenny. Leonard Fournette had 20 carries for 72 yards. Who was his number one receiver? By far, it was the same man. It was yep. playoff Lenny, nine receptions, 90 yards. His second leading target getter and receiver was Russell Gage. Godwin was third. Evans was fourth. Now, that seems odd. It seems strange. It's not how fantasy managers and maybe even the offensive coordinator for the, for the Bucks would have drawn it up. And yet, that becomes effective. And de facto, I think it does become scary. I'd push back on you, David. I think they are a team that can scare somebody, especially this specifically, this Cowboys team that could find their way into Tampa Bay, riding maybe a, a three-game, four-game winning streak, and yet find themselves one and done, which somebody said earlier, Jerry's heart can't take. I'm worried for the Cowboys in spite of what you've just said about the Bucs. Am I crazy? It's a recipe for disaster for the Cowboys. Going to Tampa Bay, first round of the playoffs, 
having to face a team that shouldn't beat you against the greatest quarterback of all time with a defense that has given you a difficult time that understands even on on your defensive side that where your weaknesses are. Tom Brady's going to exploit that. You think Trayvon Diggs is going to go into Tampa with confidence? There's no way, right? Is it, he's at least not going to jump route. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is what it is for the Cowboys. You're, you're in a situation where you're looking at facing one of the best quarterbacks of all time on a team that no one thinks it's chip on his shoulder. How, how is that possible? The guy's been in 10 Super Bowls and he's going to go into this game as an underdog. And that's exactly where he wants to be. And and I, I, I've kind of made this comment to Yammer on TA the last couple of weeks. When you watch the Bucs play their best football, it's when Brady is just at the line of scrimmage doing what he's always done, playing up tempo and saying, you know what, if I throw the ball 50 times, I'm throwing 50 times. But a lot of them are going to go to the backs, they're going to go to the tight ends. I'm going to get it out of my hand. He can move the ball up and down the field. I That's what I'd be afraid of is him coming in there and not huddling. I even said this like two weeks ago. I'm like, they should never huddle again. If you're the Bucs. And, he, and you know what, David? You know what, David? He listened to you. He listened to you because if you listen to the post-game field interview with Melissa Stark, and I know you guys did, what did he say? Yeah. They came alive. They started to figure it out when they went into the two-minute offense, when they there. didn't allow the Cardinals to sub, and when they just got in a flow. And, yes, that flow was running backs and and tight ends. But, my God, yeah. it worked. My game pass rush, it, yeah, it's just it's, it's so much better for them. Well, no, exactly, David. You're absolutely right. Forgive me for the Zoom delay interruption. Does it does negate the pass rush, which of course is the thing that Tom Brady desires more than anything else in the world is a clean pocket, some yeah. time to pick you apart. And when he can pick you apart, he is finding option four, five, and sometimes six. That is scary. Am I overstating that, Mike? Am look, I. I get what the legend is with Tom Brady. I agree with it. He's the GOAT. We love him up. I, you know, as as I've been doing more of these shows with you guys over the course of this season, you know, we're at the end of the year. I think if you're a good football team, you're a good football team. If you have some questionable moments, you have questionable moments. I think we do probably not the best job of giving the benefit of the doubt to players based off of what they've done in the past when the circumstances around them have dramatically changed. Like, I think it's harder to, to assess the Miami Dolphins right now than it is the Bucks. Like, I don't think the Bucks are a good football team. I now don't know about the Miami Dolphins based off of what I've seen from Tua over the last few weeks. So I guess to answer your question, Andrew, like, yeah, like, I, I think you, you could be worried, but I think Dallas, for all the faults, like, I think Dallas is a much better football team than Tampa Bay is. And, you know, I get the old adage of style, styles make fights, and there is something to that. But I think at the end of the day, I have more trust and faith in Dak and even with the defense that's sometimes questionable than I have with the Bucks right now. I think that's probably true, but I think we would also probably agree on the fact that the Dolphins are a better football team than the Packers. And even at home, we saw what disruption of flow, one half versus a second half, a first half definition versus a second half lack of definition can do to even a good football team. I agree with you, Mike. I think the Dolphins are a good football team, and yet they don't feel dangerous to me right now. I don't think the Bucks are a particularly good football team, and you know what they feel to me? They feel dangerous. Next game, Vikings 27, Giants 24. Joseph with a big lead. Joseph from 61. Wow! 
Mikey M, as the resident Giants fan and the resident believer in the Vikings, I'm going to let you write the question here. What is the right question to ask about this team and about this game sitting here on Monday after we saw what we saw? To me, the one here, there's a lot of takeaways. Number one, Brian Dayball's got to be coach of the year. I think if anyone looks at the roster for the Giants, especially at the skill position spot, and you go, this team is not only in games, but they're probably going to be a postseason team. They just got to win one of the final two. It's the Colts this weekend, Philly on the road. Eagles, if they clinch things this weekend with a win against New Orleans, maybe we don't even see Jalen Hurts in that last game. So I think by all accounts, the Giants are still probably a playoff team. It is really ridiculous that this team figures out ways to either win or keep it close. Had it not been for some drops, a special teams gaffe, I still think we're maybe talking about a Giants win against Minnesota. I'll take it a step further from a Vikings perspective. I heard Kyle Brand on Good Morning Football say this, and I paused and I said, he ain't wrong. He had made a case for Kirk Cousins being the MVP, which I think for some might be like, no, what are you talking about here? And I think this goes back to the statement I was making before. We have these preconceived notions heading into the season on who we think players are and what we think teams are. And yet as the season goes on, if they don't meet that expectation level, we're willing to story around it and come up with different things around certain players. And Kirk Cousins, like, I get it. He's not going to be confused with the resume that Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers has. I understand that. But if you look at this season in particular, Brant made a case for him being the MVP. Get, he said, look, this is a team that that has been winning close games. There's something to be said for winning close games. Like it's kudos when when Tom Brady goes and does it. Oh, it's Tom Brady. Look at how great this guy is. When Kirk Cousins does it, what do we say? Oh, man, those Vikings. Like how good is that team? He's getting hit more than anyone else. His defense is ridiculously poor. And yet here it is like a team that that is not only squarely in the postseason, but it's got one of the better records in the NFL. I hat tip here. And by the way, I say all this to say that I still am not convinced Minnesota when they're playing really good teams. The defense is good enough to put them over the top, but that's like the biggest piece of pie um, on, that I would have, the slice, or maybe it is a whole pie that I would have on, on this particular matchup. If we were to look at the playoff picture right now, David Carr, Minnesota would play my Washington Commanders. And I don't know. I don't know that I would say reflexively that the Vikings are clear favorites in that game only because... What I know of my commanders is this. They lack the firepower on offense to probably get the job done. But they are so physical a team that they can disrupt what appears to be a softer team. Small s in quotes. I'm not labeling them as anything other than they are not defined by physicality, this Vikings team, whereas Washington is. And I think that potentially can cause some great disruption to a Vikings team in the wild card round of the playoffs. Let's look at Kirk Cousins' numbers and let's Think about what Kyle Brandt said. It's an interesting comment. I wonder if it's clickbait or I wonder if it's real. Kirk Cousins numbers 34 for 48, 299 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, I don't know. David, Is uh, what, what do you think? What, what's your first blush at that comment that Kirk Cousins should be considered on the short list of MVP hopefuls? I think we're all old enough to remember Kyle Brandt preseason picking Kirk Cousins to be the MVP on Good Morning Football. So he's simply doubling down on an earlier take, thinking that he has enough ammunition now to get the job done. I think so. I, I understand. And he, he's probably very excited to be able to make the case with the comeback that they've had, with the close games that they've won. I, I, I understand it. You can absolutely make the case for that. But I also, I, I remember 
that moment specifically happening. And I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins hasn't played good football because I think there's there's absolute merit to winning close games. If you just take if you just take the one score games and flip them, this team would have like three wins, right? If you just take that, like you just flip the outcome of the one score games they've had. So he's done a great job. I, I think there's a great synergy between him and the play caller and the coach. I think they, I think he does a tremendous job to be able to come back from some of the deficits against the Colts, to be able to do that, to go in to the locker room and say whatever he said and come back out and find a way. I don't care who you're playing. I don't care if you're playing against air, right. To be able to come back and make that happen just from a logistics standpoint and schematically and situationally, that's, that's good coaching. That's good football. I also share the concern though, that Yammer sh- shares. I, I don't think that the Minnesota Vikings are, are capable enough to go play some of these really physical, just like you said, Drew, the, the commanders, like that is terrifying. They, they are a physically imposing team. Minnesota is not right. That, that isn't, that is the furthest thing from what they are. And if you watch the Minnesota Vikings, I really think that there's, there's, there's a way that you can approach a, a, a team like this. And it is physical. It's, it's playing the edge aggressively. It's getting in Kirk's face when he tries to boot or play action. It's really finding out where Justin Jefferson is, make them check the ball down. Like you can take this team and make them, you can humble them pretty quickly. I mean, the Colts almost did it, you know? Yeah, the Colts almost did it. And we certainly saw the Cowboys do it to great effect in that 40 to three win. But let's give Kyle's take, even if it's, simply, you know, self-aggrandizing, trying to make good on something he said in the preseason. But let's let's take it one step further and say this, your what ifs, if you were to flip the one score wins for the Vikings, they only have three wins. Well, that's a huge if. That's a very large I and a very large F. Well, let's do another if. What if Kirk Cousins was out of that lineup? What if it was somebody else other than Kirk Cousins? Does his value suddenly start to announce itself when you create that scenario? Well, no, sure. There's there's probably maybe 20 guys in the league that, that could do what he's doing, right? And they're all starting. You know, they're all in positions where – so I'm not saying that Kirk's playing poorly. He, he's playing top 10 football. But you're saying there are 19, 20 other guys who could, could do the job that he's doing right now for that Vikings team. Yeah, I think so. And End that's not about Kirk. It's just I think that's just the way that that offensive system is built. Look what Brock Purdy's doing in San Francisco. Sure. It's the same. It's the same thing. Brock's not a. He's there's there's fifty other guys that you would pick off of the practice field and grab and say, well, we'll take them over Brock. And it's the same thing with Kirk Cousins. Now, they they do share a trait though. I mean, Kirk's ability to see the the offense. Uh, offensive structure and how it's going to play itself out, eliminate some reads, get the ball to the open guy, be accurate, make good decisions. Like they share all those traits, you know, but there's, there's not really anything above that, that he does that makes me say, well, yeah, he's definitely Jalen hurts, you know, that's, or Pat Mahomes. Like that's just, that's just not the case in, in Minnesota. Okay. Fair enough. If we were to widen the net to include the likes of Kirk cousins in the MVP conversation, well, then there is certainly plenty of room in that net for Joe Burrow. Next game, Bengals, Patriots, Bengals, 22 Patriots, 18. Burrow wants to throw, throws oh. Higgins, catches it at the Burrow. one, fights for the goal line. Touchdown Bengals. Joe Burrow, 40 for 52, 375 yards, three touchdowns. He did have the two picks. But David Carr, I'm going to go to the QB1 here. Joe Burrow strikes me as the most accurate passer of the football in the NFL right now. He also strikes me as the guy who is capable potentially more than anybody else other than Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts of saying to 52 guys and a coaching staff, get on my back. I got you. We're going a long way in this race. 
Do you buy that? Oh, yeah. I, I buy it 100%. When you watch him play, and since he came on the scene, as soon as they got away from trying to turn his back to the defense and just let him spread the ball out and just and just get it to the appropriate guy on time with crazy accuracy, he has not looked like a young player since day one. I mean, the only thing holding him back was their offensive system. And thankfully, to save Zach Taylor's job, he said, you know what, I'm not going to do what I've done. I'm going to go a little bit against what my coaching tree looks like, and I'm just going to let this kid do what Russ Wilson should be doing, cooking. I'm just going to let him do it. And he, he's been brilliant. And what, you, what I saw against the Patriots was, was something that Bill Belichick cannot coach against. It was just incredible accuracy, finding where the one-on-ones are. And he's got – he has some – T. Higgins made a, had a nice day because he was singled up a lot of the time. He had that option to throw that football, and he had to make great throws, and he did, and, he, and consistently made accurate, timely reads. He's tough, man. If you can't get to him – and even if you get to him, that's what was crazy even last year. Even if you were getting to him, he was still – he just kept going. I'm like, oh, the offense line's not good enough. Off it, then they win. Offense line's not good enough. They win the conference championship. The offense line's not good enough. They go all the Super Bowl. Could have won that, you know? Just ran Aaron Donald, Von Miller. But he's good, man. He's a good one. And their defense is playing like they were last year, opportunistic. Take the ball away, doing a good job on the, on, on the back end of really eliminating big plays. They're going to be there, man. They're, they are hot. They're trending in the right direction, just like you want to see for good teams. Just like Yammer said, you know the good teams. We've watched them all year. This team is going like this. They're going on the way up, 45-degree angle. It's, Three guys uh, I would not want to face right now as a defense in the NFL. I wouldn't want to face Joe Burrow. I wouldn't want to face Trevor Lawrence. And I wouldn't want to face Brock Purdy, all for different reasons. But all yeah. three of those guys have a certain je ne sais quoi right now that looks frightening when you have to face the fact that they're kind of playing with house money. They know how good they are, certainly in the case of Joe and in the case of Trevor. And in the case of Brock, he's just enjoying himself. He's out there yeah. enjoying himself. And I've always said a loose player is a dangerous player. And okay. man, they are dangerous. Next game, Bills 35, Bears 13. Josh going to keep it himself. Rolls to his right. Fires a pass. Caught by Dawson Knox into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Tech on another touchdown. One question, Mike Yam. The Bills are the top seed in the AFC. Does their seeding reflect their value? Is this the best team in the AFC? You know, I know that there was that stretch of games where Josh Allen was throwing some some picks. There were some red zone interceptions for him, and we started to hedge a little bit. You know, Stephon Diggs came on total access with us, and he had said something that still sticks with me. Hey, it's never always going to be easy. I think this Bills team right now is the one that was getting the preseason hype because you know what they can do defensively. They're finally relatively healthy for the most part. I know the Von Miller situation is not great, but some of those other players on the back end of their defense that had been banged up, this team looks relatively complete. And when you rush for 254 yards over the weekend, like they did, that's the most team rushing yards the Bills have had since Josh Allen has been there in his era since 2018. This is the only thing, like the major question around this squad heading into the season. Can you can this team run the football? Now they're starting to do it. And to me, I think there is a legit argument. They are the best team and the most complete team in the NFL. Bills, Eagles, is that your Super Bowl as we sit right now? The Mahomes factor still worries me a little bit, if I'm if I'm being honest with you. So the two best teams in the AFC, your your ideal AFC championship game is Bills and Chiefs. And why don't we put that game and, at Highmark Stadium? Let's get the Chiefs on the road for once in an AFC championship yeah, game. Yeah. And is it Eagles-Niners in the NFC? Yeah, I think it's Eagles-Niners. I actually think it might be bills Niners, I, I'm hedging a little bit because of the Purdy situation. You know, I, it's hard for me to fathom a rookie quarterback, even with all of these pieces, is still going to be able to figure it out 
against, I mean, these are premier teams, right? Like Philly's a really good team. I'm going to assume Jalen Hurts is going to be healthy when we get to that point. I may be given edge to the Niners, but not by much. But yeah, David so I Carr, think- Josh Allen had two more interceptions in this game. Scale from one to 10, what's your concern level? One being not very and 10 being very. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, I'm going to say a six because I think, I think he gets bored, man. I really do. I think that there's so much, it's like a, it's, you know, looking for an analogy. It's like a, a point guard that he's the best player on the team. That's all. It's all about him making, creating, making the tough plays. He, Allen Iverson, right? He's beat up all the time. If they're going to win a game, it's a heroic effort. That's Josh Allen until this last week, which I saw exactly what Yammer's talking about. Man, I've we've been begging for this all year. Take some pressure off of him. Run the football, create one-on-ones. The matchup doesn't always have to be, let's create numbers so Josh can run it. Like that, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask of a guy, even with a good defense. Uh, so I think that I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. I agree with that. Uh, the fact that they can run the ball, they're gonna they're gonna actually utilize the home field advantage and the freezing cold weather that's gonna be in Buffalo. Like make teams come up there and play physical football with you. Show them you're gonna pound the rock with your quarterback. That's fine, but also with everybody else. You know, make it an effort. Then create the one on ones, and we can throw. Then the, then the interceptions don't happen as often. Honestly, sometimes the interceptions happen. I think when you're trying to create. Trying to make something happen in the passing game. You can play inside out. I'd play inside out with these guys all day. I mean, if you can get away with Josh Allen throwing the ball 20 times a game, you give him like five or six carries, you let the backs take the rest of the work. That's great. And let him complete, you know, 20 yards a, a, per attempt. I mean, that's that's the world you should live in if you're Buffalo. I mean, I'm pushing the ball vertical. If you load the box, it's going downtown. If it's not, you're going to get physically beat up playing us. And they can play that way. So I'm going to look forward to them doing that in Buffalo throughout the playoffs. Listener, there was a a light that went on in David's eyes just now talking about this team that really tells me that beyond your analysis, you like what you see from this Bills team. Next game, Texans 19. David Carr's Texans get a second win on the season. 19-14 winners over the Titans. Tennessee looking for a Christmas miracle. Willis winds up, throws it down the field, into the have their second win of the year. One word answers only, please. David, are the Titans done? Yes. Michael, are the Titans done? Oh, yeah. Yes. That was three words, Michael. I know. My bad. That's why I corrected. I said yes. (laughs) You're a rule. You are a rule breaker. You seem like such a nice kid. And yet the truth, (laughs) the truth be told. You're nefarious. So true. So true. Next game, Packers 26, Dolphins 20. Do it looking right. Heaves it right side. Intercepted. Intercepted by Rasul Douglas. And there is your dagger. To be fair, it was a tale of two Tua's first half Tua versus second half Tua. Tua is now once again in concussion protocol. We will keep our eyes on that and we will give you the latest as it emerges all of our thoughts, certainly with two. This is a young man that we want to see back on his feet and back in the huddle and back on the field as soon as possible. Take the time you need, young man. Get well, get well in a hurry. One word answer. Are you scared of the Packers right now in the NFC if you are in a wild card spot looking down because they are looking up? Mike Yam, are you scared of the Packers today? Yeah, I'm definitely scared of that team. David Carr, is this a team you want to avoid? Oh, yes, absolutely. All, all that was really missing with them was just the consistency on the outside and the comfort level with the wide receivers and Aaron. That was it. Everything else is there. They have two good backs. <clears throat> Offensive line can run the rock. They, they, LeFleur knows what he's doing in the passing game. 
play calling wise. Defensively, they'll figure it out, and and they got some good players on. Really, they should be a top ten defense. If they're not, I haven't checked the numbers, but they should be. So yeah, I'm I'm I do not want to play them. Absolutely not. The, the two teams that cannot avoid them in weeks seventeen and eighteen, the Vikings next week that will be in Green Bay, the Lions the week after that will also be in Green Bay. I think a few weeks ago, guys, we looked at those games and thought divisional games against a hot Vikings team and an even hotter Lions team, those are probably L's and we put those on the board in ink. I'm going to put those on the board in pencil now because I may want to erase those. I am not certain that the Vikings get a win next week. I am not certain that the Lions get a win the week following. I could see the Packers in true True. Aaron Rodgers form winning those two games, finishing nine and eight. They would still need a little help to get into the playoffs. But I can see, Mike, your Giants and my commanders are just the kind of teams to give them the help they need. Let's not even think about it. Let's move on. Next game, Saints 17, Browns 10. Kasem will keep it middle of the field. Breaks a tackle five. Kasem still on his feet. And Taysom takes it in for the touchdown. What is there to say about that game? Here's what there is to say about that game. Saints, 17, Browns, 10. Next game, Chiefs, 24, Seahawks, 10. Mahomes reads it, moves to his right, keeps the ball in his right hand, trying to stay alive, dies for the far front pylon. Did he get it? Touchdown, Kansas City. David Carr, one question. Did the Seahawks quit? It looked like it to me. Yeah, it's it's interesting with the Seahawks, what they're, what they're kind of dealing with. I, I don't understand, like the inconsistencies is a pretty simple offensive system. Gino struggled a little bit the last month. I think he's starting to see a couple different looks on the defensive side. Teams have been creative and they've been able to kind of rattle him a little bit, not rattle him, but just kind of take him off his game. He was playing at a high level early. We we're talking about MVP. It did look funny though, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That was, that's a pretty accurate assessment. And you worry about that this time of the year, honestly. And with, you got, you got young kids, you're trying to really what Pete Carroll's doing. He's trying to, trying to turn this whole thing around and he's got some young players out there so you got to guard against that because it's not past guys to book tickets to warm locations at this time of year so i'll just say that you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. 
Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. Three more games, two minutes to go. We're on the clock. Panthers 37, Lions 23. Mike Yam, too little, too late for Carolina? No, I look, Sam Darnold's given, been given an opportunity here. They keep executing. And I know at the top of the show on this podcast, we, we talked about it. I actually trust Carolina's offense right now more than I do Tampa Bay's. I, I got to tell you, and the Panthers beat them. With P.J. Walker earlier this season, I, I got to tell you, I, you know, the Panthers are doing offensively what the Bucs want to be doing, and that's run the football here. I actually, this not that you're asking for a pick here, Drew, but I, I'll tell you what, I, this weekend, I'll take Carolina. I'll take your pick. I love it. Next game, Ravens 17, Falcons 9. What is there to say about the Ravens and Falcons? That it was 17 to 9. Next game, Rams 51, Broncos 14. Shotgun to Russ, rolls to his right, sets up, throws a deep ball. He's got Dulcich in the back of the end zone. That ball is intercepted. You've got a bunch of Bronco offensive players walking off the field, really dejected. David Carr, it is a hard question to answer quickly. But the question is this, is Nathaniel Hackett a fall guy today? Yes. Yes. And, and the question I have is, it's a hard one because you ask yourself who makes that decision. So the GM is still retained who made the trade for Russell Wilson. He's probably the only other person that can talk to ownership about what they should do. So you're not going to cut Russell Wilson in the middle of the year. I don't know if you even do that after the year with the dead money is incredible. So Nathaniel Hackett takes the heat. We're going to show his three interceptions, Russell's three interceptions today on our show. And Mike Yam has, I don't know if he's ever played quarterback in his life, but he can make these reads. I don't know if you could deliver it, Yammer, but you could make the reads. The, okay. the fat, the, the, I have a, a Jalen Hurts shoulder injury, so I'm going to blame it on that, why the throws aren't as crisp. <laughs> that's that's going to be my point is, you watched Rippon go in last week, 80% of his passes completed. I don't think it's Nathaniel's offense. It, it could You could say situationally he didn't figure out of it uh, fast enough. He had some of those issues early on. I understand all that. But, man, we were talking, we were kind of joking about it. You saw Nathaniel Hackett with the beard and or the mustache and the goatee. And he looked angry. And I even said on the show last night, I was like, I, I kind of feel bad for him because he was a happy guy. He loved football. Now he's been dealt Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson can't read anything. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, And then I hear people making the comment about he's a Hall of Famer. I'm like, well, I mean – I guess he won a Super Bowl. I mean, if that makes you Hall of Famer, then there's a lot we'll of guys. Have the, yeah, we'll have the Hall of Fame discussion another time, and we'll get Michael Robinson to sound right. off on that because his thoughts that's, on that that's are That's my bad. But I, I think planted that seed. That's my I think bad. We can, I, I, guys, I, I think that. we can agree on this. That uh, And Baldy said it in this morning's meeting. 
that the Broncos this year have always been a team with a solid, if not spectacular defense and an unwatchable offense. Well, this was the week that that solid and if not spectacular defense allowed 51 points. So that's the week. If you're looking to pull a guy, if you're looking to say, slip a guy, a pink slip, that's the week when that defense, the best part of that team gives up 51 points. Nathaniel Hackett lost his job. Baker Mayfield may have just guaranteed himself a job next season. Good for you, Baker. Last game, last question. Steelers 13, Raiders 10. First for the end zone, touchdown. David, as a lover of this QB and this team, this Raiders team, you were decidedly disappointed, of course. But as a lover of history, as an historian of the game, and as a generally good dude, is there a part of you that is happy for the Steelers franchise after getting that win in honor of the late, great Franco Harris? Yeah, of course. Especially when you see, like Mike Tomlin did a good job, I thought, gets everybody Franco Harris jerseys. They rock him, run into the stadium. You're like, this is great, man. This is really cool. It was unfortunate that he wasn't able to be there because you could tell that that would have been an amazing atmosphere. It still was. Pittsburgh's an amazing place to play football. I've played there. I've played in that stadium. It's one of my favorites right there in the rivers, and it's freezing and wind's blowing. And it's like, this is this is like where football should be played at all times if you didn't have to play there. <laughs> you didn't have to go through the elements and play against that team. But it was awesome for them. Um, Kenny Pickett, he's making some nice plays. He did a good job kind of going down the field and winning that football game. And then just just took the took the Pittsburgh Steelers fans on a ride that they'll never forget. That was awesome. Next up for the Steelers, in the chase to keep Mike Tomlins never having had a losing season in the NFL streak alive, next week, Sunday, New Year's Day, They travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens, followed by a home date with the Browns. I don't really have a horse in any race except for a game that the commanders are playing. And something tells me I want the Steelers to win both of those. I want Tomlin's streak to remain alive. And I want it to be in honor of the late, great Franco Harris. Guys, thank you so much for your time. I want to thank today's special guests, Mike Yan, the Sweet Potato Kid. Listen to the NFL Explained podcast. He co-hosts that with Michael Robinson. It is well worth your time. I want to thank the RQB1, the former number one overall pick, the Super Bowl champion, David Carr. Thank you, guys for your time. Thank you for your thoughts today. Join us tomorrow, Tuesday, for a closer look at week 17. I can't believe I'm saying it. Week 17, the penultimate week of the regular season in the NFL. We will take a closer look at the matchups to watch. Who has a chance to play themselves into the playoff picture and who is riding a knife's edge and may just fall out of it. That's tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 